So it was probably about 10 years ago, the promise of a smart home that you can control with your voice or through an app started to surface and bubble up. Over the last 10 years, how have things gone? Where could they go better? And what's the current state of it? That's what Jason Furlow and I are going to talk about today on Jason Square. So Jason, I know you recently have done a lot of work with your smart home gadgets around the house. Uh, kind of walk us through that and what's going on with smart home in general as of right now? Well, Jason, I just had a really large construction project in my house complete. I built myself a home like wet bar out of one half of my kitchen. I completely rebuilt that side of the house with a lot of wiring. And while I, I did that, I decided to make some changes to the wiring to other parts of the house so I could make things more automated. Um, I started doing this about, I'm going to say six or seven years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I started experimenting with it by using things like smart plugs and yeah. smart outlets. And I started with Wemos and then I started branching off into, you know, I bought whatever other cheap smart plugs I could buy. I put them all over the place. I figured, yeah, you know, they're all going to be, this is what Alexa started doing its whole home automation. I want to make everything Alexa compatible and turn things off and on with my voice. And then I started going, you know, adding little things at a time and actually big things at a time. I went up with, with smart fans. I went out with smart integrated pool, con pool and jacuzzi controllers. I went with uh, a garage opener. Um, then of course we went in with the rings and all that other stuff. And what I started noticing was over time, some of these products would get abandoned. And then you end up having to replace them or you have to end up, the bridge goes, whatever. Some, some company decides, yeah, I don't wanna make this bridge anymore. I'm gonna make a different bridge. But then suddenly the things attached to the bridge don't work. Yeah. And if you got like four or five different manufacturers, they don't wanna talk to each other anymore. Then you have to start making strategic decisions about standardizing on stuff that you don't think are, is going to go bad, right? That's really kind of been sort of my challenge lately, Jason. Yeah, I, you know, I started with Wemo. I think most people started with Belkin's Wemo line, smart plugs, motion detectors, automation within the app. And those were fine in really, for the time, impressive products, right? We weren't used to being able to control or automate various aspects of our home. And over the years, I too have added various products such as Nest thermostats. I now have two of them. And, and I, love, I love using those. Those are one area of the smart home that I actually enjoy and, and you know, use on a regular, if not daily basis. Uh, and then I also branched out into cameras, but I don't, those are smart home, but I'm not sure they're like the automation aspect of it. You could do stuff with Ring and Nest Hello doorbell. But I think what we're more talking about here is light bulbs, plugs, light switches, stuff like that. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm at my wits end with all of the smart home stuff. I'm ready to rip all of it out of my house short of those two Nest therm thermostats and decide whether or not to even start all over or just give up on it as a whole. The amount of work and troubleshooting and, you know, a light bulb in my garage that is time to go on every night uh, at six o'clock and turn off at nine o'clock some nights I walk out there and it's not even on. And, and so then I have to spend 20 minutes troubleshooting a light bulb when flicking a switch is much easier. I, I just, I'm so over the lack of interoperability between the products. I do enjoy the new trend of going to Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connections only and getting rid of hubs and bridges uh, like Philips Hue bridge and stuff like that. I don't want to add more stuff to my network. I just want stuff to connect and work. Um, so that's where I'm at with it, but I know you just did a whole bunch of stuff with Lutron in your house uh, as part of that wet bar uh, scenario or 
construction project you have? Yeah, so Jason, I, I recently started implementing uh, Lutron Cassetta, which is a great system. Um, it, it is a bridge-based system. They do use a, uh, a wireless standard that is different from Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and also the two other competing standards, Zigbee and Z-Wave. Um, and so you got at least these three or four of these, these pseudo bluetooth -y type of standards, low energy, you know, long distance communication protocols for things like wireless switches and, um, and, 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 and smart plugs, right? Um, and I think Cassetta and Lutron is here to stay for a while. I think they're a stable company. You know, they're a, a company that building contractors use. They're not really as much, a, I mean, they are a consumer product since they've been making light switches and things for a million years, right? So I, I think they're a reliable company. I think that standard is here to stay. But at the same time, I'm still stuck at the point where I have to use a different company for smart plugs because Lutron doesn't make a smart club. They're really fixated on lighting controls, fan yeah. controls, and things like that. So that's been challenging. Um, to try to consolidate it all into one app is, is, is really a hard thing to do because if you start to make a collection of different things over time, they're all going to live in like their own little apps. It's and the really most frustrating the part of it. The consolidation point is actually Alexa, which is not a bad app, but it, I don't, I'm not crazy about the way it's laid out. But I mean, it is, it is no, what I, it is. It's horribly laid out. And, and it, setting up routines and, and trying to figure out and learn the cadence of how you have to speak to a smart assistant. And yeah, how do you call, what do you call, what do you call a device so that when you speak to it, you remember what you called it so that it doesn't say, what do you mean, whatever. Yeah, at, you know, instead of teaching morning, you know, Alexa or Google Assistant on how to recognize what we're telling it, we have to learn how to speak to the computer, which is a frustrating experience, especially for me, a family of five, when you tell someone, oh, I'll just tell Alexa to turn off the light, and they have no clue what to say. Well, and if you have multiple Alexas, right, you kind of wanted to understand about the room that you're currently in that you're talking to, right? So it doesn't really have that intelligence to understand that when you mean turn on the fan, you don't mean to turn on the fan in the bedroom when you're in the living room, right? You want it, you want it to, to you don't want to say turn on ceiling fan in living, you know, that, that's just craziness. Yeah, you sound like a robot at that point. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, and I've used several different products like Samsung SmartThings uh, that have combined a lot of different uh, smart home products into one app. But yes. the problem is it only does that at the basic level. So you don't, you get like maybe one or two core features using ring as an example, you get a live view of your doorbell, but outside of that, if you want to adjust motion alerts, if you want to Agreed. change the doorbell ringtone, you're going to have to dive into the ring app anyway. So what is the point of investing in, in a smart things hub to try and consolidate everything when you're not getting the full experience? I, I don't know if it's coming through, but I am, I'm, I, I can see that you're not Jason and, and you know, I, I, I gotta say, I do really like the ability to automate and schedule and things like that. Um, I do like that aspect of it because I do have a lot of lighting fixtures in this house. And I like to be able to say, you know, good night, bam, it's all, it's, it all goes out. I don't have to run out to, you know, to go turn, I'll go looking for something to turn off, which I think, which I think is, is valuable. And I also think under certain scenarios, um, you know, here in South Florida, we have a lot of retired people, people in their seventies and their eighties that are not as mobile or, or doesn't have as, as freedom of movement, right? Some of these people might be bound to wheelchairs and such or, or use walkers and things. I, I haven't gotten there yet, but I do know some people in my, in my sphere of influence that really do like having Alexa be able to tell a, a light switch to turn off if they can't get up and, and do it if they're, in, if they're lying down in the bedroom or something. So I think that is helpful. What I have found is, is difficult is that, you know, if we make investments in certain types of light fixtures. Now, I've noticed, for example, 
I was just looking for floodlights yesterday. We did the floodlights on, on my pool deck. And a lot of them are integrated um, LEDs. Like you can't buy bulbs for them, yes. right? And if that yeah. thing goes out, you have to replace the whole fixture. And they're, they're also not dimmable. So if you attach a smart controller to one of these LEDs, they may start blinking, right? So I actually had to go looking for a stupid, <laughs> a, a dumb, dumb flood fixture that I could connect to the Cassetta dimmer which with manual, regular dimmable Philips LEDs, right? So basically you have to use stupid fixtures if you're gonna use smart lighting controls, which is you know, something you have to be aware of uh, with, with some of these things. So, and you don't wanna put a hue inside a smart lighting switch because that's also counterintuitive, right? So like you, either, you have to make strategic decisions about what things you're gonna buy. Otherwise things aren't gonna, mit, aren't gonna match correctly when, when you do this. Yeah, exactly. And who's going to, besides you or I, who live and breathe technology every day, who is going to go through the painstaking process of figuring out what is compatible with what and which dumb things need to go with which smart things? And is this Zigbee or Z-Wave? And does that work with Amazon's new Bark or whatever it it's is protocol they're going to use for Ring's dog finder? Like the even Apple's HomeKit, which was supposed to have streamlined all of this for Apple users, is still to this day a mess. And it's, it's getting better, I'll admit, to your point, being able to say goodnight to something and have a whole bunch of stuff turn off in your door lock. That's one thing I do use on a regular basis. And it mostly works. There are nights when it's like, why didn't the light turn off? It, right. So you have to get up and manually go turn the light off. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. Uh, but HomeKit is standardizing on Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connections only. More companies are doing that as well. I think that'll help alleviate some of the problems because then it's just, hey, it's on your network. Here's how it's controllable. And you can go from there. There's a it company- It should just work like we expect Wi-Fi to work for the exactly. most part, right? I mean, when you buy a product and it says Wi-Fi, it doesn't say only works with Netgear, only works with Linksys, only works with, you know, D-Link. Yeah. Wi-Fi is Wi-Fi. We expect, right. and, and we also expect Bluetooth to be Bluetooth for the most part, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have these, in, in Wi-Fi, we have these substandards like G versus N versus AC versus whatever, but we know that there's a certain minimal connection protocol that it will work, right? Yeah, Maybe not creating not a network speed. just for a Mac, right? No, you're not changing, yeah, exactly. So, but that is essentially what we're dealing with with home automation right. is these competing wireless standards, competing connection protocols, competing apps, competing cloud services, right? Yeah. When we're dealing with like Amazon versus Google versus Apple, it's, it's getting ridiculously complicated. And um, I, I've begun the process of trying to simplify by going with Lutron. Um, I would like to stick with just Lutron if I can, but I know that's not a realistic goal because, you know, things, are, things get acquired organically. You know, you buy stuff and, 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 it, and, it, and it's in your house, right? And then you have to accommodate it somehow. Yeah, well, even Google tried consolidating everything into works with Nest, right? You want to connect up. Oh, that's been a disaster. And now they're transitioning over everyone to a Google account instead of their Nest account. I have thus far resisted the change. I've been able to keep my Nest account intact and not transition it over. Although I will say I have a smart display uh, right next to my desk and I have a Nest Hello doorbell. In the last two weeks, uh, all of a sudden when my doorbell rings, it no longer shows up on my display. I haven't even thought about taking the time to troubleshoot it because I'm just 
I'm over it. Like it should continue to work. Yeah, the, and, the, and, the, and I'm the afraid Google they're going to make me transition my account. The so. Google thing really put a bad taste in my mouth and it's yeah. broken two of my apps already. It broke Lutron. Lutron does not have an ability to connect to works with Nest anymore at all. Um, and also my Haiku fans, my big ass fans, and I have two of those big ass fans in my house. Um, those no longer work at all with Google. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like their developers have just suddenly been left in the lurch and now they have to reprogram their stuff yeah. to make it work. And some of them are just saying to hell that we don't want to work with Google at all because they yeah. just- And you can't blame them for that. I mean, their customers yeah. have lost capabilities, users or the companies have, the customers have, and it's just, it's not a good experience. And yet Google had promised this would be a great all-in-one way of combining everything and just trust us with it. And, and obviously, that didn't turn out the way it, we had all hoped. So going forward, what, what needs to happen with home automation and smart home devices? Well, I mean, there's a couple of initiatives to try to standardize this stuff, but I still think that we're gonna be sitting in these towers of, of vendors that have their own ecosystem, just like we see with, with cell phones and, and, and app stores and things like this, like Apple versus Android and you know Amazon versus everybody else. I think we're still going to be seeing that for some time to come, unless there's somebody that's extremely powerful in the space that has such a huge market share, which doesn't really exist in, in, the, in the home, you know, uh, consume, uh, lighting. Air. I mean, Lutron's got some capabilities. GE's got some capabilities, you know, uh, Jazzco. But none of these guys have, a have such a dominating market share that they can influence the entire industry. So it'd be great if they could all get together and say, let's agree to do something, but I'm not hopeful about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. What needs to happen in the future is one standard comes out of all of this, maybe two, and those hubs, like Abode is a company that's uh, been wanting me to test their, their hub, and I've resisted because I just, I, I don't want to install another thing in my house. Uh, you know, is it, get a company to, or one or two companies to create a hub that actually works across all the standards and provides a full functionality. But is that going to happen? There's not a chance, not as long as Apple and Google and Amazon have their foot in the door and are messing with the water to try and create proprietary technology. So it only works within their ecosystem or it kind of sort of works outside of their ecosystem, but you get more in it. You know, if you're an Amazon user, like, I don't see any of this, the headaches that it causes and the incompatibility issues going away anytime soon. There are some open source projects. There's a Raspberry Pi home yep. automation project that I was looking at earlier this morning that kind of combines everything into one interface that you control yourself. I don't know, maybe that's the answer. I, I really don't know, but I don't have any high hopes for a year from now us to record another video and see how great smart home products are. And we haven't even touched on the security implications that they put no. into our own home networks and bring inside our homes, whether it's a camera, a smart lock, or even just a plug. There's, there's tons of security implications there that uh, just, I, I've had a hard time justifying lately. Yeah, you know, Jason, I, I totally get it. And you know what, I, I've recently spent a lot of money on this stuff. I bought like, 10 of those Cassetta smart dimmers. So I've basically replaced every manual smart switch, every manual switch in my house. Wow. They're all controllable. I got them scheduled in groups. I got a lot of cool macros and stuff going and it's working. My fear is, in, is in three to five years, yeah. Lutron going to make a change that's saying, hey, you know, we're coming out with a new hub and suddenly all your switches aren't working or 
I, I, I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm expecting, yeah, they'll probably upgrade their hub in a couple of years, whatever. If they add new products down the line, I just want to make sure that I, I hope I haven't made a bad decision as, as to what I've done. Backwards compatible, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. You have to make a good decision here. And, and unfortunately, you have to put all your money in one basket and hope that the company is able to survive the upcoming technological changes and advances that maybe they have an idea of what's around the corner, but don't truly understand or comprehend. So yeah, I, it, it's a frustrating mess, I think is what you said at one point. And that's a prime way of explaining it. And I think that's probably a good, sp stop, yep. uh, good spot to stop. Yeah. Um, all right. For Jason Perlow, I'm Jason Cipriani. This is Jason Squared. Make sure to check us out at ZDNet.com. Thank you.